Hey everyone, what's up? How's it going? Hope you're all doing well. The world is extremely fucked, but what can we do but make the most of it? You know, and that's all I can really say because I am no expert. So don't come to the the DIY music man about how to live your life. I'm no role model, <laughs> okay? I just hope you're making the most of things. A lot of things suck ass right now. But thank you for tuning into this podcast. Today I have some special guests and today is a special day because we have a new release coming out on Friday the 27th, which is tomorrow. And I'm very excited about it. It's an EP from Chicago happy, heavy math rock band Snooze. Snooze is sort of more of a recording project right now. You know, there's no shows happening anyway, but their bassist Cam had passed away a couple months ago. It sucks badly. It sucks ass. So Cam had played on one song on this album. Logan had written and uh, recorded most of these songs uh, with help of session drummer Anoop Sastry. So I got to speak to Anoop, a session drummer who I've been a fan of for a while, and Logan, uh, the songwriter and guitarist and vocalist on this EP, which is called Still by the band Snooze. So I'd like to uh, dedicate this episode to Cam. Uh, We love you and we miss you. The EP Still is also dedicated to Cam. It's in memory of him. Fucking rock on. And check the pot out. I hope you like it. We get into some cool stuff about the recording process. We talked to Noop about being a session musician and, you know, the comparisons between DIY and playing more legitimate gigs. It was a really interesting uh, chat. We talked about social media a bit, too. You can't avoid it, right? Okay. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy. All right, everyone. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. I got some really special guests today, and it's, it's a special week. I'm excited for this week because uh, an album is about to be born into the world. <laughs> um, Still by Snooze is out. Um, Friday the 27th. I'm very excited for everyone to hear it because it's a fantastic album. And today with me, I have the two people that were a very big part of the album. Logan and Anoop. What's up, fellas? Hello. Yeah, thanks for joining. Uh, so it's, uh, it's an EP, but it's, there's a lot of music stuff going on. And I think you really, it still feels like it's dense in a good way. Like I think a lot of people who are fans of the band or hearing you for the first time will still be able to get a lot out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember cause like when I first recorded the first, when we first did uh fucking actually extremely, Oh yeah. Can I swear? Yeah. Fuck shit. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck shit. Uh-huh. When we first did uh, actually extremely, it was only like 24 minutes, but I, I was like, God, this was such pain in the fucking ass. And same with uh, Familiaris. It was like kind of short for like a full length. And like, this is kind of the same vein, but like at least at least a couple of the songs are a little on the longer side. But yeah, there's some stuff to, there's some music happening. The the dynamics of it all though, and I had written the other day when I posted about uh, toy, Toilet that was streaming, but like the peaks and valleys of like the dynamics and everything, like how well it's pulled off. It really makes for a nice listen, you know? So what, uh, what made, cause Logan, you primarily wrote all these songs. Yeah. Yeah. Snooze is in an interesting place as a band right now. Yeah. Interesting is a good word. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, there's basically no <laughs> members except for me right now, but I've been jamming with a couple people and then, uh, I initially only hit up a noob just to like kind of record it. And I was, 
I was going to play the drums and in retrospect, I'm like, I had this whole plan. There was like a whole plan for it and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to drive out to DC to Maryland and play drums and record everything with a noob. Um, and then, you know, COVID happened and then it was just like, it was kind of stupid. Uh, well, more so the, the original reason, the original reason was I can't play these drums at all. <laughs> and then he was just like, I can, you know, like I can do like kind of session drums for them. And I was just like, I was like, that should have been the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, especially if you're like a not experienced drummer and like a noob, your parts are like so monstrous on this EP, like so sick. So, well, I mean, Logan wrote a lot of that already, so it was it was just taking his drum parts and and making them like more me, if anything. But at the end of the day, it was still his music, you know. So it was like I wasn't changing stuff. I don't think I changed stuff too drastically, did I, Logan? Yeah, there was like so, uh, there was a couple. Basically, the only parts that. I was like, for sure, like take this part completely over that it's like kind of hard to program is like kind of softer parts with lots of little like subtle, like ghost notes. And like, I don't know, like it's just kind of a pain in the ass to get like that human thing in like the program. But like most of the other, like, like I call them like concrete parts, like breakdowns and fucking stuff that's supposed to be like syncopated with like bass and like guitar hits and stuff. Like I, I had those pre- pre like program and stuff, but lots of it, a new basically threw in things that I would kind of never think to do. Like just like interesting, like symbol work and like hits here and there and just like his fills and yeah. Yeah. So what do you write? What do you write in? Um, (laughs) it's kind of a funny workflow. Um, and it threw, it, it kind of fucked us up at the beginning because, um, I program I like kind of the UI of uh FL Studio for like programming the drums but like you can't you can't like put different time signatures in there at all so what I did was I have it at kind of like the lowest common denominator of like one beat and here is the fastest any beat will ever go so the, the click is just like fucking, you know, going crazy. But then you get all the subdivisions. So yeah, it's like, exactly. yeah, yeah. So if you have like a, a measure that is like, you know, or you cut off like an eighth note of a measure that's, you know, counted in like quarter notes or something, like you won't, you won't get, the, the click won't get off, but sometimes it kind of did. Like, so I had to kind of like jostle some of that stuff around. But yeah, so I use like a, a, a pirated version of Superior Drummer. And then I just kind of bounce, uh, I, I just bounce, I had like the MIDI tracks and I sent to a new, and then I just bounce it kind of as audio also, but he just kind of fucking, it took him like, so it was so quick. Like he was like done like instantly. It was awesome. It was pretty painless. I feel like there were, I don't, I don't think there was really, the biggest thing was just coordinating like. There was a point where I, I felt kind of bad because I was like, oh, I hope I didn't step on your toes by just being like, hey, you should just let me drum. <laughs> I mean, like, but no. I was just trying to be like very efficient about it, you know, and trying to get him, trying to get Logan to Maryland for the entire process. And, you know, like, I don't know, there was just so much logistics involved with something like that. So 
and it's 2020, you know, like technology these days, sending files back and forth is pretty seamless. So. Oh yeah. And the, and the, the rest, like the, the, the vocals and the guitar, I just like recorded myself. It's like crazy because I've, I've, I've done it before, but they're always terrible. So like I mostly just sent like, um, I have like a little bad amp sim thing. Uh, and then, I just sent the raw files to a noop, which he like reamped and stuff. And they sound fucking like huge. Yeah. yeah. I actually used your amp sounds too though. Well, yeah, yeah. We blended. Uh, like, everything yeah. you sent was great. Everything, everything was great. It was super easy. It, we like worked on it in chunks too. You know, it was like, let's do the drums. And then once Logan signs off on that, then we move on. And then there was like an entire period where it was like, you took like several weeks to do just drum or uh, guitars and bass. And then I like edited that and then we kind of settled on, you know, that stage. And then you were like, all right, now I'm going to produce. All right, now I'm going to do vocals. So it was, it was really organized and just very simple and like not stressful at all. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Noob, you do a lot of session work, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've had some gig, some gigs that weren't as streamlined and were like a little harder to manage then. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty picky when it comes to this kind of stuff with just how the, my, like, I try and take someone else's stuff and just integrate it into my workflow as much as possible. Ideally, it would 100% be my workflow, but I also understand that people are using different, you know, DAWs, different whatever means of tracking and so on and so forth. So I'm just trying to find like the most, the like least path of resistance, you know what I mean? Sure. Path of least resistance, excuse me. So like, whatever that might be between Logan and I, that's like what I was going to go for so that he, you know, both of us could just focus on the fun stuff as much as possible. Yeah. And it worked out. Totally. I mean, the fact that you two weren't in the same room ever, like while working on the CP and it came out how he did. I met him in person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Cause I've, are you in like, are you what, where in Chicago are you Logan? I'm in Lakeview right now. So I'm like, I'm like two blocks from the lake. So it's like, uh, it's, um, like right above Lincoln park. So okay, it's yeah. like park here. And then I'm Great like, bend. well, yeah. what's so weird is I, I heard about you and, you know, snooze the, the entire band as, uh, through my wife. Yeah. I, she, she lived in Chicago for what, five years, four or five years, something like that. And I would always go there. And like be in Chicago, like, you know, once a month, once every two months, something like that. And it's just weird that we never met. Yeah, it's, it's wild because initially I asked because, you know, I knew that you guys moved in together, I think out in Maryland. Um, and I was like, I initially, I was just like, I was like, hey, how much is like, you know, or well, it wasn't really that, but, but I was like, you know, how can I get in contact with a noob just to like record, you know, cause the original plan, yeah, I, I said already, but the original plan was just to like record it. And I like, cause I've been listening to your, your own releases for your own music for like a while. And I was just like, this is like the sound, you know, it's like the modern, just fucking huge sound. Yeah. I was actually kind of surprised you hit me up. It's weird. Like I, I listened to your previous releases and I was like, oh, this is cool because it's like a complete change of pace from what I'm used to working on, you know? Yeah. Um, so to get like a, like a project like that for me, I was like, whoa, this is, this is going to be sick. You know, like I, I want that as much as possible. Uh-huh. But like when I heard your past material, I was like, why is he, why does he want me? 
See, the thing is, like, even with those, <clears throat> like, you know, uh, our old engineer, Jarrett, like, you know, he comes from, everything was analog. Like, we did have, like, a couple, like, DI tracks that we, like, you know, had out when we were, like, recording and stuff, but everything was live and stuff like that. And, you know, it sounds cool. Um, and it's not really so much that the difference was that it was live versus, you know, like, having everything in, like, amp sims and, like, stuff like that. But I, even since the very first album, I've always wanted, like, the very, like, modern-sounding stuff, like, very just, you know. So even though it was, like, it kind of sounded a little bit different sonically, like, it was, like, that That was always kind of the plan, you know, even when we were, like, more kind of on the emo side and, like, more noodly math rock instead of, like, kind of, like, the chuggy stuff. I always kind of wanted this, like this, this record is like, you know, this is how I would prefer to sound basically, you know, forever. Well, I remember Logan, you were talking to me a while ago about the direction you were taking the music of snooze and you wanted something that would translate well, a little bit more live also. Right. Yeah. So like the, the other, like for familiaris and for uh, actually extremely like, lots of the orchestration and instrumentation was like very like maximalist. Like I would, I'd put in things that I would never in a million years, like be able to pull off live. And there's only a couple parts in this record where it would, it would take like a couple more people on stage to do it, but mostly the vocals, like mostly the vocals I wrote for, like we had an, a vocalist in the band for like, you know, the past two records, but um, like I wrote it initially having a vocalist, like the, you know, the vocals were written independent of the guitar parts. So like I never thought of like me having to do the vocals at the same time. And it's like, you know, it's like some parts are fine, but sometimes the rhythmic contour is like, like, you know, it's like, it's really hard to do it. Yeah. So, Even yeah, when you can get it like the, the syncopation of it down like just the the brain work it is sometimes you'll like go sharp without realizing it and stuff like it's it's, it's hard. hard yes yeah so this one, this one like the vocals were more every time i was writing the vocals i would i would be playing the guitar at the same time so i'd, I'd be making sure that i can do it yeah but you know we kind of went um we kind of went a little i was trying to go like sh- more shoegazy with the vocals to kind of like make it more of like an instrument instead of like in the last couple records, it was very much like, you know, these are words and stuff, but these are a little bit more like kind of drawn out and like, uh, yeah, just kind of more of like just another layer instead of just like being very forward. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it accentuates the music though. Like you, like you said, you wrote it on guitar, so it's still like kind of, it makes sense with it. It's less like, I don't know, catchy melody, like, I don't know what you would call it, but it's still, it's still awesome. And like, I think it leaves more uh, breathing room for like the atmospheric parts and like the like lower parts and everything. And like mm-hmm. Anoop, all your symbol work is like very nice and like tasteful. Like it, it really helps highlight everything. Oh yeah. So um, do you guys want to listen to one of the tracks and like, we can like talk about it as it's going? Sure. What's your pick? Should we go in order? We can kind of like listen to all of them throughout. Sure. All right, let's start with track one. Sure. Uh, toy, toilet, toilet. Yeah, toilet. It's a uh, origin story. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> um, it was funny in Fecking Bahamas, their little thing. I forget how how you pronounce the S I C thing. 
yeah. like when you're writing something, it's just like this is spelled wrong correctly, like or whatever. But like it was a, uh, it's just an inside joke that me and Cameron and like all of our friends had where it was uh, um, it was this like Tumblr back in the day that, or maybe it was Twitter, who knows? But the uh, this this guy moderated a website that is like jokes submitted by kids and all the, all the punchlines and all the jokes were written by little kids. And like some of them were so like bad and funny. And this one was like, uh, what is the secret ingredient of a toy lot? And the punchline was just poo. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty funny. Yeah. But usually, usually those like, usually I have like, for all like the demos and stuff like that, it's like I always just think of a random word like bingle or like I don't know, like uh Chesapeake was initially named Bing Ding. Uh like because I just type some random shit and, and when I'm saving it, I'm like, I don't know what to save this as because of none of the vocals are written yet. Yeah. So that one was Poilot. lot. So nice. because, you know, just yeah. Or let's t- let's take a listen. Uh, just give me a thumbs up if like the the volume's good. I think it should be okay. okay. Cool. Definitely sets the tone of the EP, like. Yeah, I was really excited to release this one. This is like my favorite track probably out of them. There's like a shitload going on. And like you said, like the juxtaposition and like ballets of it are like very cool. Did you play bass on this, Logan? Um, so this is this is the only one that Cameron actually got recorded, like where he got too sick and stuff. Because uh, this one and Chesapeake are the only songs that we had in the set. So we had both of these when we were still playing shows and stuff, and we actually had this song in the set for almost a year. Um, but um, <clears throat> yeah, Cameron played bass for this one, but he. And we only had one day that uh, he came in to like record it. We were gonna do more, but he just like kind of went home or whatever. But yeah, the uh, yeah, this is the only one that Cameron played bass on. There's a couple parts where I like um, like that uh, that originally was that part was totally different. But when we got a Noops drum track back, I change the part to kind of fit more of his uh like you know he does like like kind of triplets like you know and then i kind of changed the bass part to kind of go with that a little bit because it was originally i also changed the guitar parts to kind of like you know mimic what he was doing more um but yeah that's pretty much the only part that i played bass on 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love his part at the very end. It's like, it's such a Cameron part. Because I write bass very, like, like, not a bass, you know, somebody that is not, that has not played bass that much. You know, it's very just like root note and like some counterpoint a little bit, but like it's, you know, Cameron played the bass more, so he had, he had to actually have fun. <laughs> so his parts were fun. And mine are just like, kind of just, here's what the guitar is doing, but lower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's too many guitarists pretending to play bass and not enough actual bassists in general. <laughs> It's like Dillinger meets Incubus meets like a jazz band or something. <laughs> yeah, this part I was like, I was channeling a little bit of like, uh, um, like that uh, kind of. There's this one song. I can't. If anyone listening knows what track it is, but there's this like old Zappa track that I heard like once at my friend's house. But I can't get out of my head, but I've listened to, I've tried to like find it, but I don't know what it is. But it's basically like, um, like it's a big chorus of people all doing this really fast syncopated, uh, like verse, like they're like, like they're all like all singing the same thing. And I was just like, that's cool. But I don't, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I was trying to do something like that. You're pulling influences from a lot of different places to write stuff like this in general. Yeah. Yeah. It was like empty kind of stuff at the beginning. And then this is kind of like every time I do something soft, it's similar to kind of this, you know, kind of just like jammed parts. But um, you just pull a, you just pull one beat off of it and then it's sort of mathy. You know, oh, this yeah, would the, be the turnaround at the end. Yeah, yeah, I love that little thing because then you can just kind of switch. You know, you're swaying, you're swaying, and then you can do a little, you know, a little stop. Yeah, yeah, it's always fun. It keeps it somewhat mathy without being too hard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, you don't want people to. I mean, it depends what people are coming to the music for. I there, I think there is a slower burn in general for this album, and it the payoffs are great. It's just, it's you know. Very, very well orchestrated where it's it doesn't feel like you're just like oh we, it's in seven or eleven like you know yeah yeah I I feel like I used to kind of be very like you know like this part's gotta be like crazy or like this it's a crazy part or like this part's supposed to be like super nuts or whatever but I just you know it, it's just fucking hard to play. <laughs> it's just hard to play all that all the time. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> it's like doing the other, like even doing some of the old songs live. I'm just like, why, why did I do this? Why did I do this to myself? So this, you know, that's basically how I get, okay, this is somewhat mathy. This is enough. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, yeah, cut yeah. off, cut off a, cut off a beat here and there. That's fine. When it calls for it, you know? It's not just to, to force it. I, yeah. swear, I swear there was a math rock band once who had a song that was like, like the chorus 
was now I know how to count to 11 and the song was in 11 and it pissed me off so much. <laughs> that's so bad. Dude, that's, it's like, you know, I love, I love our little, our little scene, but it's also like, damn, I'm like, I got this email once that was, well, it wasn't an email, it was a Facebook message where um, it was obviously kind of trying to bait me or something. And it was just like, it was just like, hey, I was wondering if you guys have any songs where you have not edited the drums and not edited the vocals, like trying to just be like, you guys edited this. I don't know. It's just like, it's a weird, like kind of metal has it too, where it's like kind of, I won't say gatekeepery, but it kind of is. But but it's like it's like one of those where it's just like, oh, you guys aren't doing. I mean, obviously this isn't every math rock fan, but it's just like, oh, you guys are. This is simple and stuff, and I don't know. It becomes a little technical. There's a technical aspect of the music, so then some fans will really get into it. That, yeah. I mean, Anoop, you play a lot of metal music, right? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the a lot of the time signature changes on this EP were a little bit against the grain for me. Um, it's definitely not something that I, I do on a regular basis. So hearing, actually, I remember Logan and I discussing a few points where I, I tried to straighten out the drums. Like I, I would try and do like a tension release, right? So like I would give Logan what he wanted at first and then I'd be like, but this is what I want to do. You know what I mean? Right here, just simple, right? And then I remember Logan on a couple of things would come back and be like, nah, it needs to be, you know, back to what I had and listening back to it now, I'm glad that happened because it just, I understand it. You know what I mean? Like in the moment, I didn't want to understand it, but like then listening to the final, you know, release, it was like, okay, yeah, I get it. That's actually really sick. So doing a lot of this stuff, you know, was actually really against the grain for me. And even like the editing thing, that's, that's kind of an interesting comment you said there, Logan, because like to me, editing something is not bad it's actually good yeah you know like i want to edit things i want to make sure that for a release everything is nice and glued together and you know translates properly because you spend a lot of time writing the material you should make sure that it's delivered the best it can be as well right so yeah like i i have a similar viewpoint like i'm like like this is most likely the thing that people will listen to more than seeing it live. Like they both have their place and the humanness of hearing something live is amazing. And then like, you know, it's why these live streams like for like live stream concerts are just not as good. And like, they don't, they don't hit the same. Like Adam Neely has this, like this thing that he says all the time. He's just like, I miss musicking. Cause it's like a different experience. Like, having it live and stuff. So I get when people are like, Hey, uh, do you have anything that's like totally raw and like any any of that stuff? But it's like, this is how in my brain I wanted exactly the thing to come out. So it's like, I don't know. I was like getting on a stage is where you can deliver that feeling. You know, it's like, that's the point for me to go up and play live is like, I want to, I want to do that in the moment, you know? And that's, Cause then it's even crazier if you can do it live, like, well, yeah, you know? exactly. That's also what sucks about like writing difficult things. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, it's like, I never, 
I'm just gonna write pop music now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Put a backbeat over it. I, I I do like like the idea, and this has been one of my favorite things since like listening to like metalcore as a kid. But like genting or chugging in like nine or like dan 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 and like the offbeat snare hits are like just like really good stuff, you know. Yeah, that that part in particular, that was I think that was one of the times that kind of Anoop was referencing before. Um, I had, you know, basically once that thing comes in where it's like the guitar alone, where it's like, dah, 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 and then, uh, and then it comes when that there, the, the fill or not the fill, but the, the very first rotation. So that thing is in 11 four and I kind of feel bad because I told one of our old drummers that it was in four, four. And I was like, it's in four, four, you know, don't worry about it. But like, it's actually in 11 four. But it feels like it's in four four because of the you know you could you, know. you could headbang to it still yeah and exactly. it rocks yeah and if you headbang just to the china like it feels like it's in four because it's like very you're never going off but you know the the you know compound rhythm or polyrhythm or whatever it makes it go in like it repeats in like eleven four so whatever but yeah the first rotation of that I had something programmed that is kind of just wonky but. I thought it sounded good. And then, um, are you talking about how it goes into that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember I totally botched that one. When, <laughs> when I sent you the first draft of drums, I think I just totally botched it because I was like, is that a mistake? And you were like, no, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one, it's only because I only wanted it to kind of be like that to make like the rest of it sound, you know, like the, you know, the first, the first going into it, I wanted it to sound like, um, like kind of crazy. But then once you settle into the second, third and fourth time you hear it, like, and once the, uh, you know, cause that'll be that, that I knew was going to be like really solid and like very breakdown y and stuff. And like, very like, uh, you know, yeah. Very just concrete and stuff. Yeah. The, the first one I want it, but but literally the next time you sent it over it was like perfect to the midi thing like you know it was like it was one of those where i was like yeah i like how <laughs> weird and terrible this sounds <laughs> i actually um a couple of things it's weird it's like working on these kinds of projects for me again because it's so outside of what i'm so used to doing it opens up my perspective even more because, you know, I also try, I also try and write music myself. So like having worked on something like this, it like makes me think a little bit more next time I go and sit down and write. Right. So, um, there's that. And the one thing I wanted to say about your vocals, uh, before I forget, there was a, a huge, I don't even know if you listened to Devin Townsend. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, man, I remember when you were sending me the vocals at first, I, I got like this, like Devin Townsend vibe almost like the vocals were just like this wall of sound in certain areas. Uh You know, like very much trying to just almost like a big wave that's overcoming of just vocals, you know? Yeah. I feel bad for you for having to mix that and set it in the, because there's like, sometimes there's like eight fucking things going on, especially with the production elements, like the, the strings and the piano and stuff. I was just like, I do not envy you. (laughs) But then, like lots of the lots of the things that we kind of came back and like did revisions and stuff was just like, 
Yeah, it sounds great. Like it's where it's sitting in the mix. Sounds great. Just like you know, boost this. Like take this down. It was never really like because I don't really know anything about like eq. Like I'm, I'm like terrible. I don't. I don't really know anything about setting things in the mix and like mixing things properly. And I'm just like, here you go. It might all. It might be a huge amount in like one little like frequency range and stuff. So I just kind of just like, I'm just like, I think that's where that workflow thing comes in that I was saying before, you know, like you sure you had all these elements, but at no point when you were delivering tracks, was I like overwhelmed because the whole idea was like, all right, well, let me just do a pass with how I think it should translate. Then past that, when I send you mixes, it was one of those things where it was like tear it apart, man, you know, and just give me the revisions, what needs to be lower, uh, louder, whatever it is. Right. And we just like, piece together each mix as we went. And to me, that's super helpful because it's not like, it's not like an ego thing where like, if you tell me that like the keys are too soft, I'm going to be like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, like I, I slaved over these keys. <laughs> yeah. You know, like for me, I, I'm already in that mode where it's just like, well, this has to translate how you intended. Right. So if the keys need to be louder than anything, unless it's something that like, it, yeah, it's, you know, you, Right. Yeah, you offered your opinion a couple times where you're just like, I think it should probably be like this. And I was like, yeah, there was a lot of times where I was just like, yeah, that that's the move. You know? Yeah. So it was a pretty good workflow. You know, it was just a very easy, just, you know, I, it was pretty easy. It's crazy. And there's a lot on these songs too. So yeah, the, uh, the extra, I mean like you have like some saxophone going, there's, are, there's some yeah. synths too. And like, you know, the atmosphere kind of looting all that. Is that all like kind of, well, nothing's tabbed out, but how do you, like, how do all those ideas come to mind? Just like you're hearing a riff and you're like, oh, that'd be sick. And you just think about like a. So for most of the, there's a couple parts that were solid, like um, some of the piano parts, especially when they're like by themselves, those were written ahead of time, but everything else was like more like, all right, I, and this is where it like helped to do like me and Anoop's like workflow where we had guitars done and drums done. So, you know, guitars and bass were like done and that's like probably 90% of like the sound, the sound that's hitting you. So sometimes I was like, okay, like uh, we could use more like something, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't so much like, Oh, let's, I need more like high end. It was more just like, I, you know, can go here to accentuate yeah. and make the music more. Exciting. Yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah, you know, there was a couple of them like the, you know, in Chesapeake, like the, you know, that was written beforehand. And like the, um, there's a couple other parts that were in there before, but most of, most of all the production elements and stuff like that were all like, just like, Oh, this part needs some more something. Yeah. But, in terms of the interlude with the Cameron voicemail thing, that was like all I knew I wanted to do something with that voicemail that he sent to my, it was a drunk dial. He sent to my little sister and, uh, <laughs> and he was just fucked up taking shit. And like, um, the, I use the, um, I have, uh, the infinite jets, that pedal from, uh, from, uh, hologram. And, uh, there's, you know, these things that you can 
uh, I don't really know it that well, but there's like these, this user setting where um, you can set the oscillator like that, 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 you know, and I like pre-recorded that and I was just basically just holding chords. Um, and, and then I also used, uh, what's that thing called? That, uh, that reverb thing that Anoop, you told me about the, the yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, the one with the, the crazy like string kind of thing where it goes an octave up and octave down and stuff. And I was just like, this sounds pretty cool. So I just kind of did a thing and I knew it basically with all those transitions and all the ones on the other albums and stuff, I just know that I have to get into the key of the next song. So I'm just like, I'm just going to put it in, you know, like I think it was B or it's like B flat minor or something or like F or I don't, I don't remember what key it's in. Cause I know feels bad as an A. So I was just like, this has to be an A, you know, but yeah. Yeah. It's mostly, there's only a couple parts where um, it was like pre-written out for like those little production elements and stuff. Right on. And like speaking to the mix, like Anoop, I think you did like an awesome job because everything has its place. Yeah, yeah. It never feels like a shouting match where it's like, or like you've, I've heard records where like shit, something comes in and everyone else ducks out from all the compression and stuff. Yeah. So it's really clean. Oh, thank you. Do you have yeah. a lot of experience? Like, well, I, I know you, you mix your own drums and like do session work, right? But do you often like produce or mix albums as well? Yeah, I've done a few things. Nothing like too crazy, but it's, de- it's definitely work that I take on. Um, this one was actually a lot more difficult because I, it's weird. My drum sound is always so geared to like super, super heavy hitting metal, you know? And for this EP, I wanted to like fix that and, mix for the music and not necessarily for what I do. And I still don't think I nailed that, but I was so happy with how it turned out. Um, if I were to do it again, there's so many things I would obviously change. Right. But I'm always like that, you know, listen to an old mix and I'm like, Oh, I already hear so many things I would do better. <laughs> yeah. One of the biggest growing as an artist though, you know, it's always being critical and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this EP was like, it was a challenge, but also very easy at the same time. It's weird. Yeah, there was this point where Anoop said, uh, this is kind of uh, representative of kind of how he likes to sit production elements in the in the mix and stuff. And he said that, like, basically he would listen to it until, well, he would, he would have them up just enough so that when they're gone, like, he missed them kind of or like you said something like that like with like like some of the string parts or something where you know it wouldn't be too forward exactly like you were saying like it doesn't crowd anything so but it comes right up to that point where if you would were to take it away you would be like oh where'd that thing go (laughs) i mean there was also a lot of like if you if i pull up one of the sessions it there's just like automation lines everywhere you know what i mean because for something so uh, dynamic like this EP, every song uh, is just a wave, right? It's literally just a constant wave of ups and downs. So you're like mixing for the overall sound. Sure, there's basic elements that you have to get on lock, like your drums, bass, and rhythm guitars, which is usually where I start with. But then past that, you're pretty much mixing each song individually and then even more so mixing each section in 
individually, you know? Yeah. So it was like, I would spend like a full day on just like one song and be like, all right, I'm just going to do nothing but emotionally and mentally invest myself in this one song today, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, that, I, I personally like that because you get a little bit more into the music that way and it's not so mechanical. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be hard to, I'd imagine just getting some ear fatigue after hearing, because, you know, I, I record demos in GarageBand. I'm not no engineer by any means, but even after like three hours, I'm like, go, I start to go in circles a little bit and I have to like pull back. So. Yeah. I'm just like, listen to this anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, surprisingly it's, it's kind of interesting because that has happened to me in the past, but it's if, if there's a lot of grunt work to get to that point. Um, and what I mean by that is I've definitely worked with bands where I've had to do an insane amount of editing just to get it to a point where I can mix it, you know, mm-hmm. and there was nothing like that with this EP, you know, and, and, and on top of that, the songs were also, I liked them, you know, like there were songs I wanted to listen to <laughs> and even more so I got like new monitors and stuff like, a, like just about a year before. And that helped with not having fatigue, you know, there was just a whole bunch of things. So I, I mean, I was mixing probably like, I think each song, at least once there was a good like six to eight hour portion of time out of a day where that was it. And that's not even counting like, you know, any doing anything after that point. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was easy to do. It was like easy to just sit there and work on a song for eight hours. <laughs> so, I think it's great that it seems like you guys just kind of clicked like with what, like on similar wavelengths, like we're able to work together, you know? Oh yeah. Awesome. Dude. It's like, you know, I, I like, it was mostly just like, I feel like I'm like a little scatterbrained when it comes to like a lot of this stuff, but like a was just, you know, very, you're just like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And, and then you can give me notes on this or whatever. It was very like professional. And I know that's like kind of like a kind of whatever word, but it's like, it, it was very like, you know, we, we just fucking banged it out. It was good. <laughs> Dude, banged. Yeah, bang. Yeah. The vinyl oh. sounds awesome too. I can send you guys both copies if you want. You know, you can you can send us those uh the problematic ones. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, if you want them. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that'd be cool to get a physical of this. Yeah, analog. Yeah, I don't even have a vinyl player. But. Oh, dude, <laughs> you know, I, it's funny because I, I put out records for bands and there was like two years where my record player didn't work and it just, I kind of like got out of, I got out of buying things in general. I was like, you know, buying shit is stupid. I just want to like play music. And then like, I just fixed it recently. And it, my favorite thing to do now is pack orders and put a record on because there, there's something about putting it on. And it's just on. It's not like, you know, with your phone, it's like short attention span. It's like, I want to hear track six. So I'm bored. But you, yeah. you, you have to listen to it as one installment of art. Yeah. And then you flip it. And then you, so it's, it's nice in that respect. Yeah. And then, and then once you're like, oh, there's no music. Oh, I have to do something. You have to actually have like an actionable thing. You know, you have to get up and flip it or whatever. Yeah. 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 I've been packing your pre-orders all weekend. So it's been going through a bunch Ooh. of vinyl doing it. So it's pretty nice. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah. Yo, so Anoop, we uh we crossed paths we this was maybe like eight years ago and okay. you played in a band called The Lost Tourists. 
whoa <laughs> and i remember because my roommate now has like a poster of you guys still and we played oh, a, a house show together in illinois in normal illinois and it was in the kitchen of like the, in the kitchen punkest house ever <laughs> at, oh man dude that was one of the i like tell so many people about that night yeah it was I wild. Slept in my ford explorer too outside of the house that night we played in the kitchen we just like partied and then i just fell asleep in my ford explorer (laughs) (laughs) i was uh i was on tour with uh it's a band i still playing now but it's like a metal ska type sounding band and uh i remember we drove i don't know how many hours but i just went into a random bedroom of this house and just slept like for like five hours like we pulled up like 10 in the morning took a nap there were flies everywhere it was a wild a wild house yeah i remember it too i had a uh, a really nice blue drum rug that i had like you know drawn out my where my stands and everything go and i was like yeah fuck yeah that's gonna make it easy whenever i pull up to shows and stuff and like venues before the tour obviously and then we pull up to like kitchens and stuff doesn't matter point being is that at that that night someone spilled a shit ton of beer on that carpet and like it just stained like an entire quarter of it and it was hilarious because i had that carpet i i took that on tour like even after that for like the next 5 years probably and every single time i would look at that stain i would just always remember the kitchen <laughs> yeah logan it was like a super tight like we literally played in the kitchen of like a college house and you know yeah our, the band i was in was on tour with another band and we were like good friends. So like, they're like banging pots and pans during our set and stuff. And we saw your band Anoop, and I remember you were fucking awesome then. And you were taking lessons with like with Travis Orban at the time. And that always stuck to me. Cause like, that was one of my favorite drummers at that point. Like interesting Sky okay. eats airplane and all that stuff. So yeah. I miss those days. I really do miss those days of like that whole DIY thing, you know, like on with that band, we went, we went on two like us things and, it was like, there was no contracts for like a guarantee that night or nothing. It was like, no, you're going to play a kitchen. And if you're lucky, you can sleep in the kitchen later. <laughs> yes. And we, we, I remember, um, because I'm totally like, not like this dude. I'm, I'm 100%. I get into some diva mode if I don't get a shower and like, you know, I'm, I won't lie. I have like my needs and necessities or whatever. Right. So the rest of that band just didn't give a fuck and they would go camping and stuff. And I would always hate it and be like, I don't want to be in the wilderness right now. You know, like I want to be in a hotel. What the hell? And, uh, looking back on it, I'm so like happy for those experiences. Yeah. You learn how to rough it. And then when like, once you, cause you, you played more professionally, like after that, right? Like you, you had some pretty like solid metal gigs. Yeah. Well, I mean the tours all after that were, you know, they were, I, I, I'm going to use the term legitimate, but there was nothing illegitimate about what we did with the Lost Tours either. You know what I mean? Sure. So yep. they were just, everything was on a contract and there was actual venues and there was money and all this stuff, right? So. Yeah. You learn how to rough it and then like everything else is like no sweat. I know. Like, everything man. else yeah. just like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. No, it's awesome. That band was sick. That's, I remember just being like blown away. So. Sick. stuff. I apologize. I don't really remember much of that night except for the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, that was a that was a rager night. It was a lot of fun. Man, that's so <laughs> sick. I was literally not expecting you to say that at all. 
<laughs> yeah. No, it was a long time ago. Yeah. Because yeah. then, like, someone posted one of your videos, like, on, on my Facebook wall, like, maybe four or five years ago, and I was like, fuck, I played a show with this guy. And that was maybe, like, 2011 or 2012. Or In a kitchen, dude. Yeah. <laughs> In a kitchen. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to have seen you, like, get more gigs and still, like, play sick music and do all this cool stuff. Are you playing with any bands actively now? Uh, no, just all session work and just hired gun stuff. So I, I have another, uh, I guess a project. I have two projects that I started, but one of them is just kind of like a for fun recording thing. And the other one is with some ex band members from an older group that I was in. And I don't know if we're going to tour or do anything. I don't really know what we're doing, but we're trying to finish up an EP and start with that. So pandemic has just like changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one's going to tour for a while. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't know if you guys saw, but like just in the past two or three days, there was like all these big tours that just, you know, canceled for 2021. And we're talking like, like October and November, 2021 getting canceled already, you know? So sad. Yeah. It's definitely sad. It's, um, it's been interesting trying to you know, because you know, I, I play in bands and luckily, like, I, all, they're all recording, like, all these projects in the year. So I, I've been busy with that. Logan, I've just, because uh, for Invalids, I'm, um, it's all in Tabit still. Yeah. So I've just been, I have, like, a, a Lenovo laptop set up and I'm just blasting Tabit, just, like, learning all that shit. Yeah. It's, like, computer on it, like, TV on in the background. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Those are probably fucking insanely hard to, you gotta, I would have to go through that a million times well dude what i wanted to mention before because you were we were talking about like you know we were clowning on math rock fans a little bit but people would come up to me after shows like how do you count those time signatures and i just go dude i don't i'm not going one two three seven eight i'm just fucking yeah. playing you know you think yeah. it's like phrases like sometimes yeah. i'll think like oh it's almost four and then there's like a catch or something like at the end yeah you know no one's doing that much math in their head i feel like if you want yeah. to sound natural yeah you just have to have it just like as a continuous stream of of events pretty much it's just like okay this one's shorter this one kind of sounds like this like uh the first the first actually mathy thing i've done in a while was that thing that tyler perkins yeah. you know yeah, that you drums like for that two years ago and i kept bugging tyler like dude when are you gonna put these songs out i'm so glad you're playing on it it sounds awesome yeah i was like yeah but that was like one of those things where like uh i was like damn i'm like Fuck! <laughs> I don't write mathy music anymore. I'm like, this is hard. <laughs> I honestly don't get how that stuff is written. It like blows my mind. I, I just don't. I literally don't get it. And it's weird too because I I used to be in bands that would write mathy stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Lost Tours, for example, we used to have moments of that, you know. And like at some point, it just went completely out the window, you know. And I like never looked back at like trying to do mathy stuff. Everyone thinks that like progressive metal too is like super math, but it's like, it's not, it's usually just in four, four. There's just like a complicated pattern underneath of it, you know? Yeah. Lots of the time they do like interesting, like chord progressions and stuff and more like, I feel like the older you get, the more, the more, like the less people are doing like, okay, the rhythm is the interesting thing, which is like kind of what math rock is and like, like more progressive, like, stuff the more you get into like you know okay we're gonna have these interesting harmonic things going on like different like you know different different chords and different like chord progressions and stuff like that yeah yeah 
balancing the two is if you can like pull both off, it's always pretty nice too. Um, I'm I'm usually okay with time signatures. There's one part in a new invalid song, and it's it took me like a couple days. It's so left foot is doing rest two three rest two three rest two three, and then like there's a quintuplet on the 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 the, the, the so it's like five against three, but resting like the first and it until I like, I watched a YouTube video explaining it. And I was like, Oh, I get it now. And then, it, but it, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. I hate it. <laughs> Can you, uh, send me some of your stuff, Joe. I kind of want, I want to hear this. Oh dude, totally. Yeah. I'll send you, um, I'll send you a video or something. Cool. Yeah. Dude, fucking Joe is insane. You know, when, and watching you play it live, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah you and pete and brock and you know it's just fucking gets nutty i uh i recently switched to clear heads after five years of having the same recording note on every album i worked on i was coded for such a long time and the clear heads has been such a game changer because now all the diddles on the toms are coming through so much better oh yeah dude yeah it's made it's made such a like literally like i've probably recorded five or six albums in the past like you know, four or five years. And it's always been like, oh, Tom's sound like they have enough body, but there's not enough attack or definition. It's because I play fucking coded heads that are super down tunes, but it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm shitty at tuning and like gear. I you know, I kind of just sit down and play. So yeah, I got you. But I mean, part of what you fucking do, which I really admire is like, to, like you know what you're saying with like the snooze album like having the dedication and time to realize you want a different sound for your drums like knowing how to get it and like that's meticulous stuff man dude yeah. it's shitty man it's really difficult <laughs> a lot i mean it sucks because a lot you know like sometimes people like bands will come up to me and be like we want to do two songs in a day and i'm like oh, man that's sick and i know I'm, I'm sure you can do it but like the result isn't really going to be that great for those two songs because we're not really spending anywhere near enough time to like get stuff set up, which I know sounds super cliche, but it's, it's so important to like at least spend a little bit of time before or whatever. And like, you know, cause like as drummers, we're there to just play. Right. So there needs to be some kind of person or some kind of process to get what you're playing ready for that what it's going to be on right and then we just go in there and play it so i don't know there's a whole that's just like another can of worms but yeah the i mean the out like what you're saying with still with the snooze ep like it's going to be out forever you know get it right yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly you're better off being happy with it there's no real deadlines nothing matters right now <laughs> like yeah <laughs> time isn't real <laughs> A lot of people really are looking forward to it, though, which is nice. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, I, I don't know how this happened, but <laughs> it's great. Well, dude, this is actually something I want to talk about, because with Familiaris, which was also I, I put out, right? Um, yeah. And I remember talking to you, because I still really didn't know how to, I still don't really know how to operate a DIY vinyl record label, but like at that time especially, I was like, talking to other bands and they were talking about getting publicists and stuff. And I remember for you, I was like, would this be something you're interested in? Cause I'd gotten an email from a publicist who like worked with like torch and like, like bigger kind of like metal bands. And like, they were name dropping like revolver, like, you know, magazines. Yeah. Uh, and I remember like being like, dude, would this be something you're interested in? And I could like drop a couple hundred on it. And you were like, no, I'd rather just have it grow organically. Yeah. Cause like, I don't know. Like, you, you know, my sister is good at that shit. Like, you know, she's, she went to school for marketing. She was in a band and she, you know, they were getting 
like these like shit written about him all the time. And I was like, how do you do that? And it's like, Oh, you have to submit it to people. And I was like, that seems fucking weird. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because everyone, you know, basically everyone that likes our music, like it is, it's cool to me because every band that I've ever liked ever has been because I listened to a song. I was like, the song's awesome. I'm going to add it to my shit or whatever. And like, uh, I feel like when that happens, people like take more ownership of, you know, like their interests and their likes and stuff like that. Instead of like having somebody else tell them, I don't know. It's not really about that, I guess, but I just, I don't feel, you know, I feel kind of icky just like, like marketing. Like I work for a digital marketing company and I'm just like, Ugh, I, I don't like any of this, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's tricky. Cause I think it, it might help sometimes, but is it worth the payoff of like, you know, is it, do you really get enough in return or like, would that have happened if you just waited an extra six months, especially for the music we play? Like we, yeah. it's, it's like kind of more DIY level. Like there's bigger bands playing math rock, but for the most part, if your EP is, if your album's on the internet and it's good, like people will tend to find it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's my philosophy too. It's like, you know, and that's why it's so crazy that people like actually listen to my shit and it's like, you know, it's awesome. Cause it's lots, lots, lots of it is just people telling their friends and that's like the best. And if like somebody messaged me, I'm like, like, thank you for fucking listening at all. Like it's, it's, you know, it's like really a dream come true. But yeah, it it, it kind of takes some of the fun out of it if like, you know, maybe not. Maybe it won't. And maybe I'm just being a fucking stickler or something. But You're too punk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> There's benefits of both. It's, and it's not to knock the other thing. It's just like, because yeah. well, you, again, you played like legit, as you were saying, like more legitimate shows, like like huge shows. But it's you're also like a career musician in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it just depends on your goals really with it, you know, and what you're trying to achieve. So if that's what makes you happy with the release, then that's what it is. You know, there's no need to go any further unless you're like mentally prepared to go down that route. Right. You know, I feel very privileged even saying that because like the, the fact that like, especially like you and like other people that's like, you know, they, they are completely like, I've been kind of like, you know, this is kind of like my, my, at this point, it's still like a kind of a hobby. Like I love to do it, but like there is no, there's basically no sustainability in it. But the thing is like, if I did fully jump in, I would be, I would probably be doing everything possible because it's like you're like life or death almost like at that point, like, like that's your money. And like, you have to, you have to be able to like live and like, you know, but for me right now, it's like totally like, Oh, this is my art. This is my little thing. So, you know, I'm like very like really picky about like, I don't even like, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm like very just picky about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think social media really makes it any better. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, just getting on social media these days is so exhausting. Right. And then let alone it's 
what I, I always find it interesting whenever I, I speak to people who are in some kind of marketing field, because to me, it almost seems like not anyone can do it, but at the same time, depending on what your goals are, it's almost like you're forced to learn it on your own, you know, yeah. to some degree because of how it's changing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And, you know, it, like organic reach, for example. I mean, there's, there's just straight up algorithms working against you for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like, how often are you liking other people's posts and all this kind of stuff? I and mean, then depending on, do you keep your fans engaged? Are you, yeah, you know, like action? I'm like, fuck all of this, you know, like, yeah. like, like the second, like I did it for a second on my old, like Instagram videos of like myself just playing. Cause I was like, you know, I was, I was taking a bunch of acid. So I was like, I was like, I need to, I'm just going to do music all the time. This is all I'm going to do. I'm not going to do anything else. So I was like, Oh, I was like learning about, like, oh, you got a hashtag, you got to have calls to action, you got to have people engaged in the comments. And I'm just like, ugh, it's like fucking disgusting. I know, man. Well, and that's the thing. It doesn't make it like any, social media doesn't help at this point with what their goals are, you know, which is essentially just to, to monetize and monetize Yeah, new ways to monetize, right? So for guys like us that are just so proud of this like brainchild we put together and it's like we want to leave it at that but at the same time we also wanted to do something and then yeah it sucks yeah. It's, like a, it's a weird it's a weird sect because obviously i do want people to hear this thing that i like worked on and stuff like i don't even tell people at at my job that i do anything because i think it's so cringe when people are like i play guitar yeah like, i i i make lo-fi beats yeah. even though it's not cringe at all it's like they're just putting themselves out there and being true to themselves. I don't know why it's like this stupid thing that I have that it's just like, like any sort of self promotion is like, like, like t- bad, but it's not at all. It's just like, I don't know. I don't There's know. a fine line. Like you should be proud of what you do, but I think like social media has also sold everyone on being an entrepreneur. Like everyone's an entrepreneur in some yeah. way now. And really they're just making money off us being like, what's up everyone? Like be sure to buy my shit. Like, you know, yeah. so I feel like we're all getting played kind of, but there is a, a line somewhere where it's really, I guess how, how you interact with it and how you use it, but they make it hard to do it the right way. Like they make it hard to do it and not be like this all the time, you know? Yeah. Like, Madhu and I were actually talking about this yesterday. It was kind of funny. And we were, uh, Joe, so Madhu's my wife, by the way. Okay. Um, so when we were talking about this, we were saying how, like, you know, musicians these days on social media, it's almost like we're in competition with really anyone. Oh, my God. Hey, there kitty. Look at butter. We were also talking about this yesterday, too, Logan. We were just like, you've achieved goals with your cats <laughs> yeah they we always see your pictures of them like cuddling and doing nice stuff together and our cats just hate each other really they don't yes really <laughs> they don't yeah they do <laughs> cats are tricky my uh my girlfriend got bit her cat was sleeping yesterday and she like went to kissing on the head and i guess because she was towering over it the cat fucking freaked out and bit her neck like those cats look friendly yeah yeah uh new what were you saying about uh before cat talk oh i forget what was that competition on a 
Oh, yeah. So we were saying how, like, you know, these days it's almost like we're in competition with anyone. You know, anyone can post whatever video and it can go viral. And we were laughing and we were just like, how, how sour her and I were over, you know, that happening to someone. But then again, we're also happy because we were like, you were chosen. You, know, like, you were chosen by some <laughs> divine algorithmic thing. You will yeah, be like, up. yeah, you won the lottery. You were chosen. You know, I'm I'm the sour one, but I'm happy for you at the same time, right? So that's social media, man. It's just this fucking roller coaster, and it sucks that. The other thing too is with music. I mean, you tar- you push a button in your car, and music just happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not like a feature you have to add or anything when you go buy a car, for example, right? Or when you get a phone, there's an app and you press the app and music starts happening. So music is almost like this afterthought, you know, it's, it's this very like it's almost like a handout. Everyone just expects it to be there. Yeah. Right? Same with really any entertainment. So you combine that with everyone else who's not a musician, who doesn't see things the way we do, the industry the way we do. And that's kind of what we're up against. Yeah. With social media doing what they do. So it sucks. And like, especially like Spotify being like the very m- kind of money grubby kind of thing that it's trying to do, like, like fast track things if you don't want to. Any part two is their business model doesn't even support paying artists more. Like, it's, it's just, it literally can't even be a thing, right? But again, it, uh, you know, I guess. There, there's also a lot of positive resources too that we can take from it, right? Sure, yeah. It just depends on what you're trying to achieve with your music, with your release, and you know what your goals are. So yeah, sure. I'm sure that if I actually was like, like set a goal where I'm just like, oh, I want this to, I don't know, like I want to be able to afford an apartment with either like you know, I would have to probably expand to like, I don't know, Patreon and do live streams and like do all this other stuff. And it, it's possible. It's a grind, but like, you know, assuming the pandemic didn't happen, like it would, it would just be a lot more music stuff and it's definitely possible. And at that point I definitely would not care about like, I would be like, Hey, I need to eat, you know, like I need to promote myself so that I can fucking survive and stuff. So I don't know, but like, yeah, that's why I'm just like, I don't, I don't really push that on anybody. Like if anyone is promoting themselves, especially like people I care about, I'm like, fuck yeah, share the shit out of it. But it, yeah. it's, it's like, I don't even follow my own credence. Like I like, you know, like, I don't know. That's another thing too, man. It's like everyone is just trying to navigate a 2020, you know, like, yeah. so I, I'm trying to be deuce like, I'm trying to be better about like understanding that, you know, okay, everyone's just trying to figure some shit out right now. So it's tough, you know, to remind yourself of that. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of uh, getting too wrapped in social media and then you start comparing what you have like to what someone else has, like what you were saying with like being propped up. Mm. But ultimately what, what matters is that you have like, longevity longevity whatever the word is like you know staying power is more important and like i so someone who helped me um assemble records over the weekend they used to like work at like top shelf records back in the day and now they work in marketing and i was like so interested in everything that they say and i was like you know what's like important now for 
you know, making this thing kind of take off more. And they said, honestly, it's not always about bringing new people in. It's about strengthening like the core of people you have supporting you. And like Mm -hmm. Logan, what you were saying, like, then they show their friends and then like, it's like, if you strengthen that core, it kind of proves to be better in some ways. There's been so many people that like I've become friends with that were just like, Hey, your band is cool. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And like, I've I've never even played shows with them. And like, uh, you know, like fucking like people have just asked me to do things like, you know, feature, do vocals or whatever on their shit. And like, that's crazy to me. Like I just hung out with Tyler in Atlanta because, because probably way back in the day, somebody showed him a shitty early snooze song and he's like been following us ever since. And like, now we're like buds and like, it's just, fucking wild like yeah i mean that's how we met right i i remember messaging you and be like well because you were going on tour right the first time we met was you were the one that brought us or basically that got us to tour because i was like joe from fucking invalids i was like what is happening (laughs) i was like it's like okay yeah that was basically the entire reason that we toured because you're like you want to play out in new jersey sometime basement of a college house in new brunswick (laughs) play in new brunswick that was fun though. That Those was are fun shows. Yeah, Floral played too. Like that was an insane lineup. Yeah. yeah. It was an insane lineup and there wasn't that many people. The second show there was a shitload of people there in the bike shop. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good totally. game and uh fucking uh Yeah, it was us and I think Milkmen played that show too. Or Milkmen the- played in your Brunswick, yeah. Yeah, they were great too. Um yeah, it's just nice to have like a community, you know? foster community through like the music so yeah that's, that's the thing that i like the most because like you know people will like message me or something and just be super nice and just like hey and then i'm just like thank you so much and like you know from there it's like it could be anything like they could never talk to me again not listen but like lots of lots of the time if people are just like want to be like friends and hang out or make music and stuff like i'm just like fuck yeah and that's the thing like you know we were talking about how like shitty social media is but anoop also semi brought up like how it's basically like magic that like this shit can just happen like you know there's this documentary on netflix that's like all about like how social media is like evil and stuff but it is still like magic it's like you can make a fucking well not even just social media but the internet in general like you know, you can make food appear in your house in 15 minutes. You know, you can see any artist in the world technically like, you know, through one of these services and whatever, but it's just like the, the tools that they use to prop people up and like, you know, the algorithms for which to, you know, they almost seem like this black box thing that is just like, Oh, any could, anything could be happening to, I don't know, give people an edge or whatever. I don't know. There's always going to be, it's never ending too. So there's always going to be someone there that's doing something better or that's getting more. It's just, oh, you know, it's endless. So it's hard when you get wrapped up in it. Or were you talking about the social dilemma that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That documentary was a total trip. What sucks is that like a lot of that stuff is just, things I kind of knew and also assumed, you know, but like see a documentary and like old uh, people who used to work for Facebook, Google, whatever it is, just flat out tell you like, no, this is what it was. We, 
design it like a slot machine essentially it's like oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah it's brutal yeah it uh, yeah yeah it's uh It'll always be there too. And I had a flip phone until 2014 and then watching it, like I was with a bunch of my friends and I was like, fuck it, I'm coming back. Fuck it. And then like the next, <laughs> day, <laughs> next day, I'm like, good morning, everyone. Please like this tweet if, you, if you're with me. <laughs> it never ends, dude. Um, be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but I mean, like, you know, people like you and people like MathCore Index and like, you know, like this network of just real actual people connecting with just like actual people that like the music and stuff like that's like, that's, that's the best, you know, you guys are doing it right. It's like that, you know, there's been so many people that have been like introduced to my stuff and like just been nice to me through either you or through math core index and like other random little things that people are doing just essentially as passion projects and like trying to build community and stuff like that. Like that's the best. Damn. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause it's like, if we don't have that, then, then you do have to adhere to the stupid fucking algorithms. And like, especially right now, cause we can't play live. Like that's like, that's basically, that's all there is. All there is is DIY. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of funny because, Joe, when you said something about a basement show just like five minutes ago, in my mind, I was like, man, that sounds so sick. You know, like I almost would rather play in a basement than like a big venue and stuff like that. So it is because like the thing is about it, like they're all there like only to, well, I mean, some people are there to only get drunk, which is. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Okay. <laughs> As long as people are like right there and the energy's right there, you know, that's so much better than like a gigantic, like lifted stage. And you can't even see anybody. You can't even. Yeah, exactly. Just looking and it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perks of both. I love, yeah, of course. Yeah. Lots of what you're in basements. I mean, yeah, I'll always have a soft spot for basements. And I'm I'm also too old to be booking basement shows now because I'm like messaging like 20 year olds like, hey, is your is your basement available next Friday? <laughs> it's like I'm 30. It's what am I doing? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I th- I think eventually like you know a new again I, I give you a lot of respect for being like a professional like working session musician you know and like you did those tours and that's awesome and like if you do them again I'm not knocking it I think it's still very sick you know it's all about what your goals are like you were saying right yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. so. I do like feeling connected with people though. Like people like just kind of standing over you, like rocking out. So it's the best when fucking mic stands are getting knocked over by people. Yeah. Best. Cause yeah. that's when I just like, you know, yeah, that's the most, it's the best. I don't know about you guys. I feel like 2020, uh, has kind of put a lot of perspective as to what I want, not out of music anymore. And just like out of life that makes sense you know just with how like poisonous politics and social media and everything has has been it's like maybe you almost want to stray away from it Mm -hmm. and just like focus on like an end goal for myself you know and a lot of times it's weird it's it's like i don't even come back to music with it if anything i just come back to like drumming and Uh like you know just playing a backbeat for two hours because i can freely do it you know and 
no one cares. I don't have to do a YouTube. Yeah, like when I see it, when I see you just like practicing some like rudiments and stuff, you can I can always tell that you're just like that's like your that's your fucking zone. I don't want to do that, man. I don't want to like make a video and do this other stuff, record for this. I, I just don't want to do it. You know, I, I want to be in the woods, my wife, my cats, and just play do that do do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is my life goal now officially <laughs> you're here first yeah i mean it's doable respect respect for that you know yeah right nothing, uh-huh. wrong, nothing wrong with just blasting some rudiments sometimes you know yeah. it's kind of freeing you guys want to listen to one more track off the ep sure let's do it Central Park or like something. Well, this will go up Thursday before the the album's out, so we can do one more exclusive track. Oh yeah, yeah, we can do one of those. Okay, cool. Here's Central Park track. So the end of Toilet into Central Park did make me tear up a little bit just because it's so so pretty, so nice. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to add a little bit to the end of Toilet or to the beginning of Central Park in order to. I'm so crazy about like, okay, this, if there's like, if there's empty space between the two tracks, then I guess them changing keys is fine. But I wanted it to like end with Toilet and then just like, Anoop, you were uh, like, I remember I was like trying to do that thing where I was like trying to slow down the track and then go back into the next one. And then I was just like, ah, fuck it. You know, (laughs) as you know, familiaris, I'm like nuts about, making each track go into the other one. Um, that album as a whole is so good though. It's like an, ins- an installment, you know? Um, yeah, it's like, it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> but, it's, so, it's great. Did you like deal with loss of a pet? Like when you wrote it or was it just, uh, so initially I, I actually, I was just literally writing about like a dog because I was like, this is pretty funny. Um, and then, but then, like, near the end, like, when I was, like, done with, like, s- separation anxiety, like, fifth or sixth tracks in there, I'm like, ooh, I think I know what I got to do with the rest of this. And then and then it all came full circle, and I was like, okay. And then I changed some lyrics to some other stuff, and I was just like, okay, this is from, about my dog. <laughs> and, like, uh, and like uh, the yeah eventually it was just like okay this is yeah and that experience you know like comfy like that's basically what happened to my dog like you know he's like on the table he's like fucking having seizures and bullshit but yeah you know it was like personal at that point but before that it was just like oh i'm gonna write a concept album about a dog you know or it wasn't even just that it was just like let's write songs about dogs because that's kind of funny and fun but yeah you know, I'm not going to lie. When I learned about that, when that was a thing, it like 100% confirmed in my mind. It was like, fuck yeah, I want to work on this next EP. <laughs> I have such a soft spot for that kind of stuff. So that was sick. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, and I wanted it to, it kind of reflects my my views on life and death and like the universe too, is that, you know, and I said this at Cameron's Memorial too, is just that, you know, like energy is not, uh, created or lost in the universe and, you know, people's energy latches onto other people and blah, blah, blah. You're just joining the rest of your fucking atoms that you were birthed by and stuff. So it's like, I wanted it to kind of not be as just 
torrentially depressing at the end by like adding the last song where it's just like, Oh, you know, it's not like he's going to heaven or like, you know, God creature or whatever, but it kind of seems that way because it's like, you know, it's just the universe is fucking, you know, whatever. Some kind of greater thing. Yeah. Like, Adams, yeah. It was more like just like a messenger that's like saying that like, Hey, your atoms are still all there. You're basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But Very cool. It, listen. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I forgot how we got onto this, but, um, transitions between tracks. Oh yeah. 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 So I wanted to do this one into that, but then I ended up giving up and I was like, yeah, fuck it. And then the, the side B, so like tracks four, five, and six, like from feels bad into Chesapeake, those are all kind of my, I got my little, uh, stickler-esque, like has to be in the same key yeah. same transition and stuff. I don't mind the pauses he one and two because it's still like the energy is brought down and then like it true track two. It's still it's still here even though it's not like a seamless chord key change modulate. You know it's still yeah. it's still nice. I think so. All right, yeah. Let's let's give it a spin. Can you guys hear it? Yeah. Yeah. I was also listening to a lot of uh, Big Thief when I wrote the song. <laughs> Hello. I know it's almost lunchtime. My lions are about to wake me up or come down here asking for food as well. Yeah, they're like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Anoop, did you master this also? Did you use my master list? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I tried, but nobody was working. But, I mean, they sound I was initially just going to try and squeeze, like, a little, like, decibel or two, but then listening more and more, I was like, sounds perfectly, like, like, I didn't want the sound to change at all anyway. So I was like, you know. Because what do you do? You like when you export them, there's already uh, said there is already some like mastering on it or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I usually mix with the mastering changes so that any changes we do get reflected if you do take it to a, a professional mastering engineer. But man, mastering is like the dark arts. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I use those. Things. It's very hard to describe it. It <laughs> yeah. just came up on a podcast I did. Um, with a band called The Most because th their album had come out and they, like, they took it to someone who had done a bunch of cool bands like Palm and stuff and they are like we didn't know how to describe math I, I still go by the haircut analogy like mixing is the cut and mastering is how you tease the hair like style it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what are your guitars tuned to? Uh, this is drop A it's, it's drop A with the standard but there's only there's no songs on this EP that are copy and familiar there's A and then standard and then it was occasionally it was just drop D from the top down and then with the drop A which wasn't used too much because the phrasing is kind of weird to like a 
a power cord with a drop D, you have to do like a half power cord. Okay, yeah. But yeah, this one is all just drop A. So what um what are your plans for the band? Um you're playing with musicians in Chicago now? Yeah, I've been jamming with some people. Um obviously right now it's crazy, but um my plan is just eventually to just have a, a lineup in order to play shows again. That's basically it. Like you know, I wrote these songs like like we said earlier, like I was just trying to write them so that it'd be easy for me to sing and stuff. And I like when I eventually actually play them, so that like I don't know. But yeah, the um, I'm gonna keep it. I want to eventually have like I could like keyboard, but like my guitar parts, I I didn't I don't real I like when I was teaching uh, one of the people I've been jamming with. Uh, some of the guitar parts and like tabs and stuff. Once I actually tabbed it out, they're like, "Why did you make these chords like this?" It's like lots of the time, basically all the power chords I do are just you know bar, and then I have like the major third or the minor third with the pinky, yeah. and that gets really huge, especially down like down yeah, on like four, four to five frets. Yeah. yeah, it's literally like five frets. So like, and then you have the fifth above so you have um uh so it would be like three three five or it would be like three three seven five would be the chord and i basically do that all over the neck and then it would bring the pinky down one fret for like a minor that's like my base like chord anyway like i'm just afraid that i made all the parts horrible <laughs> so but ideally, I would want to have either a keyboard player. Um, I don't want to get another vocalist, and then I want to get two guitar players. Assuming if I switch to keyboard or whatever, you know, I'm just trying to get some sort of semblance of a lineup. But I got a really good drummer I've been jamming with for live stuff, and yeah, eventually, once the world is an ending, yeah. <laughs> well hopefully hopefully next year which I don't even know but I mean I'd love to see some of these songs perform live yeah like that one that we just listened to that one's really fun um I really yeah I really want to get a keyboard player because there's like there's like in that like you know that that part sounds really cool with like the keyboard and stuff and like uh there's lots, there's lots of little parts that, I, you know, I don't want to do, like, the full backing track thing because, like, it's, like, kind of a pain and, like, not as fun. Yeah, also, like, if you're not playing a great venue, it's, like, a nightmare. Yeah, literally, like, if, like, 90% of the venues that I've played in, like, the past couple of years, like, would not be able to support, support that at all. Yeah, no basements have a DI box for your backing yeah. track. <laughs> Uh, you plug it in with this headphone jack. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm really excited for this for this release. I think a lot of people are gonna really like this album. Thank you for letting me release it on vinyl. 
you know, thank you for being a part, a part of the helping. Thank you for fucking doing it. Like it's, it's a, like, thank you. Like, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I just like sick music. So thank you for making it. And, um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's nice to have you be a part of the, the circle of bands too. Cause I, I feel like you always, you know, you always help like rep choke artists or like share stuff or, and it's nice, you know? So it feels like there's been more momentum in the past couple of months. And I think part of that is because of you. So thank you. No problem. Of course. Like, you know, like other people share our stuff. So it's like, you know, if I, you know, I'm, I'm really like weird about that kind of shit, but like, you know, if I like the people and I like the music, it's like, you know, I'll always fucking share it. And I dude, everyone on, on choke artists that have had stuff like released through here, like, fucking like whelm and like it's crazy how they're on like you know but like yeah you know i'll always do it yeah thanks anoop thanks for um playing drums on this and mixing it and thanks for being on this pod too thanks for having me this is awesome this was such a nice you guys are so nice (laughs) (laughs) nice little icing on the cake to the sunday good You too, man. I, I needed this. It's good to like talk to some people today instead of just sitting behind a drum pad like all day. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks for listening to the pod, everyone, and uh, be sure to check "Still by Snooze" coming out on the twenty seventh. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. All right. Thanks, Joe.